You're listening to Steve Allen on the Think About It podcast. Hi, Steve here. I want to share a reply from my Gab page because it leads into what I'm going to tell you today. It said, there are optimists out there, many of whom have only recently awakened to certain truths, who think that the exposure we see is somehow going to revert us to the illusion of democratic existence we once had. Many believe that in the battle between the Great Awakening and the Great Reset, truth shall prevail because it's God's will. But that which has been corrupted will not become uncorrupted. I believe we will continue sliding irrevocably down a very steep slope until the second coming of Jesus Christ. The awakening is real. They've been exposed. Their master, that evil serpent, has been exposed even to non-believers, which I once was. Enough will be exposed, but not to the deluded majority. Those who have eyes, let them see. This is the separation of the wheat from the chaff. It is not the victory of truth over falsehood yet. That comes with the second coming of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. The only one who warned us about the deception we witness and who the ruler of this temporal world is, unquote. For all of you that know the Bible is true, that's great. But for all of you who don't believe that the Bible is the word of God, you better pay attention to this video. A long time before you and I even took our first breath and before the world was even formed, there was an archangel who led the worship before God Almighty in heaven. His pride in his own beauty and grandeur caused him to think that he should be above God. And that is where the problem began. After God created all things on the earth, including a man and a woman, they were given all authority and dominion over the entire earth. Imagine the jealous rage of an archangel who had fallen from God's grace when he saw this man made from the dust of the earth and a woman being given total control over God's incredible creation. And this is the stage that was set for what we read about next. Now the serpent was more cunning than any animal of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You certainly will not die, for God knows on that day that you eat, your eyes will be opened, and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. This could be the biggest learning experience about how the devil operates of anything you'll ever see. His conversation with Eve starts out with questioning God. Did he really say what he said? He already knew what God told Adam and Eve, but he gets her into a conversation, so she repeats what God had told them. And then he does something that he does every day in this world to those who will listen. He calls God a liar. And then he says, if you eat this fruit, you'll become like God. 
He knew this was a lie, but he also knew that if he could get them to believe him instead of God, that they would lose their authority and dominion over the earth and allow Satan to usurp what God had given them. At that point, Adam and Eve's position changed to subservient to the devil. The curse of death was a choice that they made. And every time any man or woman chooses to believe the lie over the truth, they're choosing death as well. This brings us to why Jesus had to come and die on a cross and shed his blood as the ultimate sacrifice and offering before God. Before I read this, I want you to keep in mind that even when Jesus walked on the earth, until he died on the cross and rose again, it was not possible for men to have any dominion or authority over death or over the power of the devil yet. This is why the devil could say what he said when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when he had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's in the King James Version. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all of this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I want. Therefore, if you worship before me, it will be yours. And Jesus said, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he brought him into the Jerusalem area, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will lift you up, so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It has been stated, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And so when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. There were no scriptures written down when Adam and Eve were in the garden, but when Jesus was being tempted, the word of God had been written down by the people of God. The devil did with Jesus what he does to people today. He takes the word of God out of context and tries to make you believe it should be applied in a way it was not intended to be. He starts tempting Jesus in the same way he did Eve, questioning the reality of who you really are, and then using something that's natural, our hunger. He tries to get Jesus to satisfy his flesh over his spirit, and finally he tries to get Jesus to do what he wants all mankind to do, worship him as God. When he offered to give him all these kingdoms of the world, if Jesus would just worship him, it was true that this authority had been handed over to him by Adam and Eve. And finally, the devil, knowing that Jesus was not going to bow down and worship him, he thought, well, maybe I can get him to commit suicide. So he twisted the word of God again, taking it out of context, hoping to get his desired result. So let's talk about where we are in this world right now. The Luciferian globalists have believed the devil, and they have taken him up on his offer to give them the kingdoms of this world, so they have bowed down and they worship him. 
They not only worship him, but they also sacrifice innocent blood before him. Here's what Jesus says to all of them. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. As much hell as these men and women who worship Satan are going to bring upon this earth, it won't even be close to the eternal punishment they will experience when God brings this wicked generation to an end. The book of Enoch and the book of Revelation are full of what's coming. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, there's a link in the description box below. Go down there. Click on that link and pray this simple prayer with me right now. Think about it.